Consider the following, and some of the results you will hardly believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Teacher Turn Alchemist podcast. My name is Lydia. Welcome. I am stoked that you are taking the time to join me today, whether it be your first time, your 10th time. Welcome, welcome. This podcast is essentially what I deem my verbal journal as I left and pivoted my career. I used to be a public school teacher, and now I have become a commercial kombucha brewer in my community which is Kenosha, Wisconsin. And my eventual goal is to open what I am calling an inclusive tap room in my community. By inclusive, I used to be a special education teacher to adults with disabilities, and I would like to open a tap room that brings fermented beverages to my community, which I am super passionate about, but equally as passionate about bringing job opportunities and training opportunities to adults with disabilities. So I'm bringing them together, and I'm super stoked about where it's going, and the community has really rallied behind our mission and who we are as a business and I couldn't be any more pleased with where we're going. So welcome. So excited that you are here. Today we're going to focus on the topic of winter sales. Now I'm in the United States and specifically in the Midwest I experience all seasons and so I understand that many of you may not experience winter season but perhaps you might experience a time of the year in which sales are a little bit slower and I want to just kind of talk about that and discuss how that's going and how I'm trying to bring up sales and get people to know about our product during this slower time frame. But before we jump in I always share what I I am sipping on and today I actually brought someone else's brew. Sometimes I bring something that I'm working on, other times I bring another brew that I'm excited to chat about and that is the case today. So I am bringing today to the podcast Nasala Kombucha, which Nasala is out of Madison, Wisconsin, so is a local Wisconsin brew and this is an all-female owned business and My goodness, I've been looking at them for years. They've always been people that I've looked up to in a business and what they stand for. And I'm trying their J-Hops kombucha, which this is a mosaic hops with juniper and rose. They actually used a white rose tea as a base, which I feel like a lot of kombucha brewers kind of use that green tea, black tea base for the kombucha culture, but they used the white rose tea, which I am super excited. It kind of gives it more of a delicate taste. And with the mosaic hop, it's like a, a light beer almost. And I have been really interested in anyone doing hops flavors because that's kind of the direction that I would like to go. I would like to play around with different hops and see how that plays about with my culture. Because we all know that fermentation is a very delicate process and no one's culture, mother, scoby, whatever you want to call it, is the same. And so I really love to see how hops plays in with my culture and just the different maybe herbs or flavors that I put it with. And so this is using the mosaic hops like I mentioned, but I was looking at doing citra hops and I'm all about things tropical. So I was thinking about doing something with pineapple, but Getting back to this brew, this is absolutely delicious. I super appreciate in the bottom of all of Nasala's 
different bottles, you will see the SCOBY floating around different yeast in the bottom. It's very clean and they give 1% back to the planet, which I think is a great mission to have. So this is delicious. Um, like I said, this is in Madison. And so getting this in my local grocery store was pretty easy to find. But I feel like, especially around the Midwest, they are pretty well known. So if you are somewhat around this area, um, I'm thinking like Iowa or you know Michigan or something like that, I wonder if you would find them out on the shelves. But again, you guys as the consumers have so much push and pull into what comes into your grocery store. So if you would like to see this woman-owned business that just has really clean kombucha come to you, I would definitely highly recommend it. So again, the salad kombucha, J-Hops. So good. Mm. Okay, and also before we jump in, there is a huge edit that I had to do to last time's episode. In the previous episode, I talked about all things finding a commercial kitchen, how to set up your space, what to look for as you're going into a new space, especially if you are renting, which if you're curious, I would definitely check out that episode. But the biggest thing I forgot was probably the most important, and I was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I didn't go back and re-edit it, but here we are real life, cooler space. Oh my goodness. I didn't really address cooler space into that very, very important factor when you are looking for commercial kitchen. So I was very fortunate. Um, I talked about my first commercial kitchen that I went into. Um, They were an old country club. And so they had several coolers that really made it easy for me to put my product in my boxes. But I would just recommend always looking for more cooler space than you think you will. If you're just starting off, maybe you have several batches or gallons at home that you are looking to brew at a space. But if you're looking to scale and sell at a farmer's market, it's pretty quickly that you're going to have boxes of kombucha needing to be stored. And when I say boxes, I mean in bottles. But also you have to think about kegs. And um, I'm assuming that potentially you don't have like a bright tank or something to carb. So I always have CO2 tanks that would need to be in the cooler space. So I would definitely recommend looking at a cooler space and just having a designated area, especially if you're sharing, that you would have your own products stored. I can't believe I forgot about that. And you know, even in the brewery that I'm at right now, I have like one little wall section and a shelf and I'm finding out very quickly that I'm going to need more space. (laughs) So it's a great problem to have, but so many different things to think about as you're moving in. And if you're in that space, how exciting I'm rooting for you. Super awesome. All right. So I wanted to address winter sales. So currently right now, if I look outside, which is what I'm doing, (laughs) I live on a little lake in Salem, Wisconsin. It's really, really tiny we have a little dairy queen no stoplights it's pretty small and right now the lake is completely frozen over and if you've never been in a winter lake town what we all do is you put shanties out on the lake and you drive your atv or you go on a walk on the lake because it is completely frozen it's very safe i mean literally there is a truck that is racing as fast as it can right in front of me on the lake So that's, that's what we do for fun. A little bit of recreation. It's cold. It's cold enough that people can be out on the lake, of course. But in regards to kombucha sales, it's a little trickier to get kombucha in people's hands. And there are a couple of factors that I feel, and again, I'm not a pro at this point. This is actually my first winter in business. Believe it or not, um, in the next two weeks, it'll be our one-year anniversary of being in business. Woo, so exciting. But this is our first like official winter 
But I feel like there's a couple of factors as to why our sales have really dropped. One, namely being the season. Obviously, we don't have farmer's markets in the same way that we used to in the summer. Right now, if you follow me on social media, damn it, I did. I do this every time. I literally had someone say, you say this in every single episode because you forget. Can't you just write it down? I should. You would think that I would. But our business is called Living Full Kombucha. You can follow us on social media. Come join us. But I posted on social media that you can find us out at Farmer's Market all throughout the winter. Now, we're not, you know, next to the shanties on the ice and people walk out to us there. It's not outside. It's an indoor location. So already thinking about being at an indoor location, what is mainly different is that the foot traffic is ridiculously different. I was set up mostly in downtown Kenosha. We were right off of the harbor, and so there are a lot of businesses. There are a lot of boats off in the harbor, and there's also just people outside because it's nice out, and people want to go ride their bikes or go on a walk or out with their animals. And so to see a farmer's market every Saturday, people would literally walk out of their homes. It's a really nice residential area but also with all these commercial businesses it's just so quaint and perfect for shopping and for bringing people around it's easy to shop but with the winter we are now inside a location where you basically have to decide okay I need to get up and go during these certain hours I need to probably get in my car because it's not in that walkable area as that downtown spot was and lastly There aren't as many vendors at this location. Not saying that all indoors farmers markets are as small as mine, but we had, I think, I believe 90 to 100 vendors during the summertime. It's it's a very popular market. I'm very fortunate to have participated in it. But now we're scaling down to about 25 to 35 vendors. And so people coming out, they may or may not be finding all the products that they want or they could just go to the grocery store and get it there. It's so difficult in the wintertime to buy seasonal products and, and, and keep track of all these businesses because I go every Saturday, which I'll get into that in a little bit too as to why I go every Saturday at this point. But a lot of vendors or you know farmers especially, one, they don't have the season like seasonal foods produce you know products that they're bringing and a lot of them take off during the winter months and so that's just a whole factor in itself of what's available and the walkability and just being able to access the market the people who are coming are kind of those diehard people that really want to support local and they're going to go out of their way especially on a snowy day in wisconsin and support local but it has been that much trickier which leads me to factor number two my product specifically, kombucha. It's a cold drink and it's difficult, especially during this cold time, to push a cold beverage on someone if they don't kind of know a little bit more about the product. And so we'll get people coming into the winter market and they'll see our product. They may be interested in it, but compared to the summer months where someone's just really thirsty because they have been walking their dog for a while, they stumbled across the farmer's market, they see my glistening ice and all of my kombucha, they would approach me more. But in the winter, they're like, oh, that's cool but they see tea or kombucha or a word they just don't know I'm not getting as much traffic coming up and inquiring about the kombucha if that makes sense so it's been a little trickier for me as I stand at a booth interacting with customers saying hey I'd love for you to try this I have samples Um, let's have an open dialogue conversation 
And you know your girl likes to chat. It's just not as organic as it might be in the summer months having someone come up to the booth. And I don't want to be all sales pitchy and be like, hey, you want to try my price? Come on over. I'm so excited to talk to you. I don't know why I picked that accent. I don't mean anything against that. But it's, it's so much more different in the winter having organic conversations. Now, I will say there are several people that are customers of mine in the area and you are there every single weekend. Oh my goodness, I so appreciate you. You're still bringing back bottles. I recycle bottles and reuse them over again. And so it's been phenomenal to just have those consistent customers coming to the market to to see me and to see Sean, my husband, who also helps me a lot. So it's been really, really encouraging. But again, it has slowed down a lot. To kind of give an idea, and I'm not going to do numbers because I'm not trying to compare or be like, I want to be like you or, you know, I'm still brand new, okay? But I'll just give you an idea. We're making about a quarter of what we were making at the farmer's market in the summertime. Now, we're still brand new. And so, again, just getting people to understand who we are and where we're located. We're sharing space with the brewery. It's a little tricky. We're not a well-known brand yet. But it's tricky because we still need to operate. And with sales being so much lower, how are we going to compensate for what we would have made in the summer and now in the winter? And that's basically been my biggest learning curve right now. And I'm, I'm right in the midst of it. And that's why I'm here talking about it on this episode. So I kind of wanted to discuss some things or some ideas that I've heard from other people and what I'm trying to boost my sales during this time. And so one of the biggest things that has been a huge game changer is offering home delivery. Now, when I first opened up, it was Valentine's Day of last year. I had only home delivery because I really didn't have a spot where people could come and buy my product from. Farmers markets weren't a thing yet because it wasn't quite the season. So I only did home delivery and I had a lot of people interested because again, it's just like, who are you? Oh, that's really great. Family, friends, definitely. But now after the farmers market, I'll get more inquiries from people who visited during the summer who live a little further away or whatever and they're interested and so I actually have a lot of home deliveries so that has been wonderful and I would highly recommend perhaps if if you can handle it and I understand you really are weighing your time because it depends on how much you're producing but like right now I'm not producing as much kombucha because I'm not selling as much so I'm able to have a little bit more time to do home delivery because it is just me in this business so far so I've been able to go out to people's homes and you're making that great connection with people because a lot of the times they're home so they get to see a face with the brand so that's been really cool but home deliveries key another thing that's been helpful are subscriptions kind of alongside the home delivery I offered a subscription service and meaning that every single month I will be delivering a bundle of kombucha or they get to choose I kind of made a plan where they get to choose what's better for them like 12 bottles of kombucha a month or a six pack every week so kind of what they would like to do and they get to tell me the flavors that they want shrubs are included in this I did a shrub club as well And it's nice because this is an automated service. And I've been asked many times from people, how did you do this? I use Square. I think it works for where I'm at right now. I'm not a big complainer of it. Transaction fees are not ideal, but it's life. And so every month I send out basically an invoice and it's an automatic renewal payment that they do. And so knowing that I can count on subscriptions for the winter months has been nice because I've had several people subscribe and be in my program. So alongside home delivery, subscriptions have been really helpful as well. 
Now I will say the one caveat is also if they participate in the automated service, I am offering it at a discounted price. I didn't do like a full wholesale price that I would offer other retailers, um, but they are getting it at a discounted price because they are buying it in bulk. So if you're curious about how I discounted it, feel free to reach out. Another thing I've been trying to focus on in this season is getting more out into retailers. Now, again, I've already mentioned it's just been me brewing. And so to keep up with the demand of the farmer's market every week, fermentation is a patient drink already. So I'm, I'm waiting on that. I don't have as much yield. I wasn't really able to get into as many retailers as I would like because my customer base was the farmer's market. And so to be able to now have that customer base switch and they're doing home deliveries and they're looking into areas that are more convenient to them outside of coming nine to one every Saturday at a farmer's market, I wanted to just take some more time getting to know some retailers. And, and really, I think this is an important component to any business too, is because it's not always realistic, at least for me. I can't speak for you and your business, but marketability and, and how to spread my product more and get it out in front of people. And so to be in a place that is familiar to them, coffee shop, brewery, even grocery stores, is going to help my sales down the road. What I've done is I was able to meet with, I think, four retailers, and now we are in four different locations. One of them is a coffee shop, and then another one is a theater here in downtown Kenosha, which has been really awesome at their concession stand. And then I was able to try out TAP at Public Craft Brewing Company, which is the brewery that I share space out of. So I'm already there, but I was offered in bottles and now I'm offered on tap. So that's just been really cool. Honestly, there's a big push to have me more in retailers and I'm so grateful for that. However, I'm still trying to think about my math as I lead into another full season, aka spring, summer. And I don't want to run out of kombucha. I, I ran out of my product at the farmer's market and people were seeking me out there. And so especially for the rate of return, because if I have a retailer, I'm selling it to them at wholesale price. So I'm not making as much money, but I'm able to cast a wider net. But I want to still have enough product to bring to the farmer's market in the summer and be able to supply all those people who come see me personally. Does that make sense? Hopefully it does. So right now, even though I feel like I'm brewing a lot and I can give out more to retailers, I really have to consider a good balance because as I transition into May and June and we're getting really hot again, I have really big plans for this summer's yield. I don't want a retailer saying, hey, I need four cases of this and then I can't, I don't have enough to bring to the farmer's market that Saturday. So many factors to consider and I say this all the time, but you may have a very different model than me. I think that's wonderful. Maybe you want to wholesale more of your product and you want to cast a wider net. I'm just trying to make the best decision for where I'm at right now in this business and it could all change this time next year or heck next week. I don't know, but this is where I'm at. This is where I feel like is the, the best move for me, but you might be in a very different spot and that's cool. I'm just trying to be wise with that and choosing businesses that really kind of have a core mission that I believe in 
and my product fits in well there with their culture and their environment, which I feel like all the retailers I found, the people that I've met, oh, so grateful, so amazing, and I'm really happy with where we're at. Also, just between the logistical things, at this point, I have a retailer's license, and so if I want to sell more wholesale, I might need to transfer over to what's called a wholesaler's license, which is a whole nother thing and a couple more licenses that I would have to get in place. And so right now, my cap at a retail license is that I can only sell 25% at wholesale, which I think the last time I did the math right now with my sales compared to wholesale, I'm like at 4%. So I have a lot of room to play around, but it's something I still have to keep in mind. So I wanted to go back to the winter farmers market and talk to you about kind of my thought process because it really evolved over this winter season. Participating in the summer's market, it was wonderful. I met so many people. I learned a ton, right? Cool. But moving into the winter, I wanted to just structure it differently and I naively made some decisions that I feel like were not correct for my business at this time that I wanted to discuss a little bit. Like I mentioned, we participated in every single Saturday market and that is pretty taxing on the body, you know, being outside all the time, talking to people. It's one of the things that brings me the most energy, but every single Saturday being ready to get up, lifting heavy coolers, it's a lot and it's a lot on your schedule and family life. And so looking at the winter season, by the time October hit, I was a little bit fried (laughs) and I needed some time off. And so I was talking to my husband. I said, okay, there's a winter's farmer's market. I'm sure that sales will go down a little bit. Why don't we think about doing every other weekend? And we can tell customers we'll be there, for example, on the first and the third weeks of every month. And then we'd have some more time to ourselves and just refresh. And he was like, okay, yeah, like do what you think is best. And so I went ahead and signed up because for farmer's markets, for the most part, I think most markets are like this. They ask for your dates way in advance and you pay for it in advance. So I said every other week, let's go. So we started and I was not expecting the winter farmer's market to be such a low yield sales wise. And I hate that we have to think about this, but it is business. I'm trying not to take it personally. and, And really, I've gotten a lot better at that. But it was really hard to not be getting as many sales as I was anticipating. And what I realized pretty quickly was that if I don't get more money in the bank, it's going to be extremely hard for me to continue producing more product and pay rent for where I'm at. There's a quick math equation that'll tell you how many bottles of of product that you need to make in order to basically make rent and then make a profit. And I definitely wasn't reaching that. And so I had to make a pretty quick decision and I thought, okay, well, let's go ahead and let's participate in every Saturday's market. And that was really hard for me, you guys. I'll be honest because thinking about going year round, it's, it's, it's a lot. But at this point in the business, a couple hundred dollars is really going to propel me forward. So by the time I do get to May, June, July, hopefully I can make a lot more return so that potentially next year or even the year after next, I don't know because this is new for me, I wouldn't have to do as many weekends. So that's been my main thing is I'm, I'm going every single weekend, a couple hundred dollars there, home deliveries, subscriptions, I'm staying afloat. And I'm using this slower season of a time to now finally what I'll conclude with is kind of planning for what's next. And I feel like naturally if you go through all four seasons, it's already just cold, dark, and slower in the wintertime. And the body naturally responds to that. And it's a reflective time. You have the new year. 
just who you are as a person, as a business. And so I've been using this time where instead of me just grind, 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 brew, 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 try to meet a demand, I'm making enough for everybody who needs it. Retailers are all set, home deliveries, farmers markets. But I'm using the other pockets of time to now plan for the next step in my business, to plan for next summer's farmer's market. And even past that, which I kind of wanted to chat about, I've been meeting with two of my mentors, which are helping me create a business plan. And I feel like this is a great season to look forward and really just kind of plan out and map out the year. And learning so much about business, my goodness, there are so many things that I need to learn, but... That's why I'm here. I'm talking about it. I'm trying to figure out taxes and oh my goodness, there's so many things. I said taxes because that's all I'm thinking about. It's tax season right now. Profit, sales, loss, investors, grants. I now have the time to put towards that. Additionally, since I'm not producing as much, I am using that time to learn from the brewers at Public, where I brew out of, and I participated on canning days and helping them can and just asking all the things and trying to get my hands on things that they let me and and they've been awesome being so supportive and, you know, answering my questions and things like that. And also just updating my website, thinking of different flavors and trying to map that out for the year instead of doing it like two weeks before, because I actually have a little bit more time to think and be more creative. And so I've been trying to look at this as a positive time. So if you have kind of that down season or a time where your sales are just not as as large, I would encourage you to kind of look at the bigger picture. You know, being one person in a business, it's so hard um, because I'm in the production. I'm not really at that 10,000 foot view. So this time really has allowed me, I have to look at this time in a positive light so that I can look at that 10,000 foot view, even though I'm not making all that money, if I plan accordingly and I'm aggressive with my goal planning and and strategizing, I feel like by the time I get to a really hot farmer's market, I'm going to be set. I have several people that I've talked to or other brewers, I should say, that are in more of a warm climate and I watch them year round. I'm just like, oh, so jealous. You guys are in Florida. You guys are in Arizona. And I'm like, oh my goodness, that'd be so cool. And and cheers to you. I think that's fantastic. It's so neat that kombucha is just moving. More and more people are understanding what it is and, and wanting to drink drinks that make them feel alive and make them feel better. So it is so cool. And I'm, I'm so happy. I hope your sales are up year round. But just looking at, you know, the, the sales through a winter lens, it has been a unique learning opportunity for me that I wanted to share today and I, and I hope it helped you. I'd be eager to hear about how your winter sales are going or maybe your slow time of the year is going. How do you use your time? I would love to hear, be encouraged, um, chat about it. You can reach me. Um, I'm always available via email at livingfullkombucha at gmail.com. And again, like I said, social media, DM me anytime, but it's just been so encouraging to meet up with other brewers online and meet so many people through this podcast and so I hope you're all doing well and I appreciate you listening in today it's been a fun one and again this just is my verbal journal and so getting to talk about this and just thinking about this out loud and I splice and edit the shiz out of this and I say again so many times we can make it a drinking game it just encourages me to just keep moving forward and I know I'm moving in the direction that I want to and I hope that encourages you today In the meantime, I would love if you took some time to leave a review on iTunes. That would mean so much to me and just be able to spread this podcast that much more. But until I see you next time on another episode, be well and cheers. Cheers.